0: Welcome to Journeys to Board Gaming, where we sat down with people across the industry to talk about how they went from things like Monopoly in Life to the board games we have today. Hey everybody, it is Josh from The Molten Meeple, and uh, on this episode of Journeys to Board Gaming, I have Jamie Stegmeier. What's up, Jamie?
1: Josh, thanks for having me today.
0: Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, you might know uh, Jamie from... You know, little games like Scythe and Wingspan. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of things like those, but uh, <laughs> some some pretty good games there. And um, so, yeah, um, we're just going to uh, get into Jamie's story. So, Thanks. first, first, uh, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, talk about Stegmire Games.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I run a company based in St. Louis called Stonemeyer Games. Stonemaier. Often confused yep. that with my last name because yep. they're. Way too similar. Um, It's because my co-founder and I combined our last names together to form this company around 10 years ago. And as you mentioned, we published some games that are are fairly well-known, I I think, among the gaming community, like Scythe and Wingspan, my game Viticulture. um, Most recently, Libertalia, The Winds of Galecrest, Red Rising, and Rolling Realms. And I also talk a lot about game design on my YouTube channel, and I talk about uh, crowdfunding and entrepreneurship and how how I run my publishing company on the Stillmart Games blog.
0: And you uh, have your cat with you a lot.
1: I do. I do. I have both of them with me right now, in fact.
0: I had to close my door off because uh, Nico is one of my cats. He'll he'll come in here and climb up on everything, and
1: he hasn't <laughs> learned yet to not hit the microphone and stuff. We have somehow trained our cats to stay off tables, which wasn't always the case, but they, they are pretty good at that now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not.
1: You climb up <laughs> right on top of the game while
0: you're trying to play and, oh no um uh, the the <laughs> other cat she's she's a little she's a little more relaxed so she's not quite uh-huh. as bad but <laughs> all right so um on our show we uh we talk about how uh people went from you know whatever beginnings they had and got into uh into hobby gaming um mostly because i'm nosy and like you know the people that I play games with and you know the people's games I play Ooh. I'm like I, w- I wonder what they did before they did this so um, yeah. what what did you do before you uh, got into gaming
1: well yeah there are a couple of ways that we can talk about this because uh, <laughs> I, I kind of have three phases of gaming in my life um, that I could talk about and I if you are you asking also about my career before I got into the game industry or are we just focusing on the games that I play?
0: Um, yeah, uh, your career first, so. career first. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I had two kind of mini careers before I went full time at Stonemauer games. One was working as a project manager at a publishing company. And even actually before that, I, I thought my career was going to be working at restaurants. I thought I was going to open a restaurant. And then I realized with all, all due respect to anyone who runs a restaurant, just how much work goes into it. Um, And how much investment goes into it. And so I decided to take a different route. I worked at a medical textbook publishing company. And then I worked um, on a college campus as a director of operations at a facility on campus here in St. Louis. And then I started dabbling into this whole game publishing thing.
0: You're like, yeah, we're publishing books. Might as well publish some games.
1: Yeah, actually, the the Mm -hmm. project management side of that really did help in the long run. Learning how to manage authors and typesetters and um and illustrators things like that and having it all come together in one cohesive hole at the end so different type of product but similar process
0: yeah especially working with all the different types of people and um oh, you know, yeah. getting them all to cohesively work together and...
1: yeah sometimes. <laughs> sometimes sometimes it went better than others
0: <laughs> uh... um so um let's get into your gaming background then so um you know how did you as I've said before on the show here, um, a lot of us played the same, you know, games when we were younger, younger. But where where did you start making that making that transition into uh, more hobby games?
1: Well, in my first phase of gaming, when I was seven, eight, nine years old through my teenage years, I was playing what I would consider some games even that I would still gladly play today. Um, like I was playing uh, chess, Scotland Yard, I still love, uh, Labyrinth, I still have fun with. Millborn, I haven't played in a while, but I enjoyed that. Um, played a little bit of poker, Key to the Kingdom, which recently had a, a reboot, a new version of that game, and then Magic the Gathering, Harps, and a little bit of Dragon Dice. So mm-hmm. I, I was lucky that I had a pretty good exposure to to a pretty pretty broad variety of games, even back then in that my, my first phase of gaming. Are you familiar with with any of those?
0: Um, yeah, we have Milborn here, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I've, I've played Magic and uh, a couple of the other ones.
1: Does Melbourne hold up? I really had not played it since I was a teenager.
0: We we haven't played it in a long time either. It's, <laughs> it's over in the corner here. But, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it's it's like you said, it's kind of a, a step up from. Well, that one's actually, you know, a couple steps up from from your your regular, you know, games that everybody plays. Right. Yeah. Because we, I'll to we moved into uh, we moved into like Carcassonne and then mm-hmm. um, Carcassonne and, uh, what was it? Oh, uh, take to ride. Couldn't think of the name, Yeah, but that was, yeah. that was our two of our early, like, you know, delves into something like, oh, wait a minute. We can do, uh, uh-huh. do way more than normal with these things.
1: Yeah. Well, you were a little bit ahead of me. I didn't get to those until my, my third phase of gaming, uh-huh. my middle phase. My second phase was, um, and I wonder how many gamers go through this phrase. I'm curious if you went through it, but, um, We played, like a lot of gamers, I think played Catan. So we played Catan a lot, and then we played Agricola a lot. I don't know how that Agricola became the second game, because that's a big step up from Catan, but that became our second game. And when I think about that phase of gaming, I look back and I'm kind of in wonder at it, because now I play, I play a new game every game night, new to me or new to someone in the group. But we really just played Catan for like five years. And then we really just played Agricola for three or four years. And then I moved on to the next phase. But did you go through that phase where you played, like, the same two or three games a lot for a long period of time? Yeah, see,
0: that was that was Carcassonne and that was, Catan okay. and, like, Ticket to yeah. Ride. I think we had, like, those three yeah. games. And it was, like, you know, we would cycle back and forth through those as a family. And, like, you know, we played a ton of Carcassonne and, you know, uh-huh. a, a decent amount of Ticket to Ride and a decent amount of Catan. And, yeah, until we... Actually, the the funny thing was in, in my story that I did on like my first episode way back when, um, mm-hmm. one of my buddies opened a uh, escape room and he had a board game lounge, and when he was opening it up, he asked if he could come over and like teach us a game, so that we uh-huh. could or so that he could like you know get the hang of like helping people out because he was gonna have to walk around and help people with you know some of these new games and stuff and we're like yeah sure come on over and he brought Scythe. Uh-huh. Oh, and cool. That af- like after we played that game, we're like, whoa, this is way different than you know, the things that we have. <laughs> now, we did have a couple other games at the time, but like that uh-huh. one really, really opened it up.
1: That's cool. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. I, I I have heard that from some people outside and a lot of people for Wingspan. And Wingspan, I think, for a lot of people has become that game kind of like the Carcassonne for you or the Katana for me that people seem to play over and over and over again. And I hope that like, I love hearing that. I also hope that for some of those people that it becomes a gateway to other games as well. I think that's always exciting for me to hear as a publisher and a designer. Um, but it's also neat to hear that people are that, that people still dive that deep and play the same game over and over again with the sheer number of amazing games that are out there.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the it's actually a little bit older guy that I work with. Um, he his daughter started getting into some gaming and stuff and mm-hmm. she's living down in Texas now. And they went down to spend some time with her and he came back up and he's like, Hey, I played this cool game with my daughter this weekend. He's like, wingspan. Have you heard of that? And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, we played it like four or five times. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, he, he he liked it a lot too. That's cool. That's great. So, um, so how did you trans transition into like, okay, now I want to make, make my games
1: yeah that kind of happened at the same time as my phase three where i i started working on viticulture specifically to to publish and to self-publish put on kickstarter and as a part of that process i started playing a lot of other games i I knew at that time that i needed to play other games than just Catan and agricola and so i played um, dominion which ended up being nothing like viticulture also played fresco which was a big inspiration for viticulture and stone age um, I think those were the main early games that I played. Libertalia, I played. I even played Libertalia back then. Those were those were some of the ones that were. I, actually, Libertalia wasn't quite out at the time of Viticulture. So that maybe that was right after. But some of those uh, kind of gateway plus medium weight Euro games I started to get really into, and then uh, just went went all in on on the publishing <laughs> and all in on playing a lot of games, especially once I started getting my YouTube channel started up which started up just as an excuse for me to talk about game design. And now um, I just have so much fun with the the consistency of it. I I post there three times a week, I believe, for different games and gaming lists that I I kind of have gotten into this creator mentality, for better or worse, where I play a lot of new to me games just so I have something to talk about week to week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I'm teetering on the collector side where (laughs) Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. I buy a lot of games and i i like to play them but i don't always get all of them played but yeah um, i I try to play as many as we can and you know this this past weekend we went to origins i got to play some new games there and of course buy some games that i probably shouldn't have but (laughs) but yeah just just playing games is hard sometimes
1: yeah which is odd you know it's it's a The, the whole point of the hobby is to have fun and <laughs> but uh, so' I, don't, I never wanted to really feel like work even though it is my job. Um, do you have any games that you picked up that like what's the game that you're the most excited on your shelf of opportunity to, to play for the first time?
0: Well actually last night I picked up Foundations of Rome that just came uh, out oh, cool. from uh, Arcane Wonders and we we yeah. played it last night and man it was it was really good. To, That's for great. being for being such a simple simple mechanics. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, choices that you feel like actually mean something. Um, there's a lot of depth to just, you know, th- pretty much three actions. But yeah, it, 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 it's it's a really good game.
1: I think that might, is that by the same designer as Century Spice Road, that yep. series? Emerson and
0: yeah. Matsuchi, I
1: think. It had been yeah. a while since I played Century, and then I played it on Board Game Arena last week. And it was a, just a good reminder of how... Clean and simple that design is, with a ton of interesting choices, and I'm, I'm glad he, he was able to pull that off in Foundations of Rome too.
0: Yeah, it's got that same feel. Plus the, the yeah. table presence of that thing with all the the miniatures and building everything out. It's really it's yeah. Really neat.
1: It's a big box. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah. Now I got to find a spot for it. Um, <laughs> all these big boxes coming out now. My wife works for Chip Theory, so I have you know giant yeah. boxes all over
1: from them uh-huh do you have their they're really the the really fancy box that they came out with with the oh, like yeah. the, the unlocking mechanism yeah
0: yeah i actually have two of those i put Cloudspire in one and too many bones in the other one
1: that's really cool um yeah, we... so oh go ahead well, I was because we 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 have been making a few more organizing boxes like that. Like we had a viticulture wine crate that we just released. We've been working on a nesting box for Wingspan. But when I saw that video, I was like, "Wow, that is they put a lot of love and a lot of time into into making that box really beautiful."
0: Yeah, and the art art full art all the way around is like really really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's we have we got the the big box for Scythe because we have you know everything that comes with it and. Then of mm-hmm. course you start getting the Lacerda games and like giant boxes uh. everywhere.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Hopefully they can um, fit on yourself.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've got to play. Got to play most of those at least. Uh-huh. Um, so um, when you when you started uh, doing Viticulture, then um, is, was that uh, how did you how did you pick that game up and you know and get into it from there?
1: It was. I mean, kind of the motiv—the motivation really was to um, to put something on Kickstarter. I was fascinated by Kickstarter, fascinated by by trying to get my hand at game design, something that I had done as a kid, but I hadn't really pursued it from start to finish for the entire process of you know going from idea to fully playtested and balanced and fun final product. And uh, I picked the theme because I thought it would be a theme that would appeal to the Euro gamers like myself who love who don't always enjoy, love necessarily, but enjoy farming themes and games, but also could hopefully bridge the gap to some non-gamers who maybe had been scared off by modern hobby games from, by the fin- fantasy and science fiction themes, which I love, but I wanted to start out with a game that didn't have those types of themes. Yeah, And so I just kind of went for it from there and, and let the game evolve as, as it needed to.
0: Um, yeah, that was, that was another one of our earlier ones. Of course, you know, after we got Scythe and we liked it, we started looking into, to, you know, some of your other games and, mm-hmm. and we picked that one up and that's, I mean, worker placements, one of my favorite mechanics. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that worked good and the way that the two seasons worked and, and everything was, was really neat.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. It's been yeah. neat to celebrate it more recently with, uh, the, we just came out with a cooperative expansion for it.
0: Yeah. I saw, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we also played through Charterstone. Um, that was, that that was a neat concept. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've, you've seen it in other, other games with like legacy stuff, but there aren't, there isn't a whole lot of them that when you get done, you still have a game that you can play, like just keep bringing to the table.
1: Yeah, I haven't played, I played two campaigns of Charterstone and while I, I don't think I've played many times at all the the game after the campaign, but I still keep the board and it's neat to look back at that board and remember the village that we built together, <laughs> even though we're yeah, I, I just I've, I've had fun doing that.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of neat. You know, you play those first couple games and you're like, all right, you know, all right, there's a little bit to do here. And then as you start expanding and expanding and expanding, and, and like you said, it's neat to look back and think, man, we, we had like one sticker over here and like four <laughs> right. places to go and but yeah, that's, uh, uh, how did you guys, uh, you know, come up with the idea to, to make something that if you wanted to, you could, you know, keep playing afterwards instead of just your normal legacy, you know, when you're done, you're done.
1: Why well, I've played a lot of legacy games and for me, I think it's pretty rare that I, that I want to play the game after the campaign because any legacy game with a campaign as I think they all have a campaign so far uh you know i've I've played the i've kind of played the game out by that point yeah but at the same time uh the key thing for charterstone is that i wanted it to be a legacy game that focused on creation and not destruction and that isn't a knock on any game where you're tearing up cards and like that in risk legacy like that has a place that that is the that is the point of it to destroy things um but i didn't want from that from charterstone and so going hand in hand with that act of creation i I wanted players to end up with something that they had created that they could still actively use if they wanted to revisit that village from time to time
0: yeah and and like i said like you said i I haven't played it a whole lot afterwards but you know every once Mm -hmm. in a while it's like you know i'm gonna pull out these cards and and take a look at this and and see what we made like you said you made you made charterstone
1: we made it yeah that's cool so
0: after after viticulture um, uh-huh. that you know that was successful um, how did you kind of transition into I mean before viticulture did you think I'm gonna do this full-time or you know were you just kind of dabbling a little bit and then when, when was that point when you decided to just just go all in
1: I, I was very much so just just dabbling in it at that time um, and then I started to look at the clock and realize that that the dabbling that I was doing for viticulture was essentially a full-time job. And so I had my full-time job and then I had this hobby that had that had become, yeah, I was spending at least 40 hours a week on it. Um I didn't know if it would be more than viticulture at the time, but then I had another idea for for Euphoria and so I put Euphoria together, put that on Kickstarter, it did really well. And it was that summer after Euphoria, this was 2013, that I realized that I, I needed to rebalance my time and my priorities a little bit. And I asked my boss at my full-time job, this was the one at, at the campus here in St. Louis, I asked him if I could um, continue to do the same amount of work for him, but work 20% less in terms of time. So I, w- I was asking basically to take Wednesdays off, but I was committed to doing my same job, on, on my, but just four days a week instead of five days a week and, that's not, and t- take a 20% pay cut. So he liked the sound of all of that because he got the same work, but for paying a little bit less. And having that one little day really helped me um, complete Euphoria and get Euphoria uh, ready and start to work on Tuscany for Viticulture, but also to realize more and more as the months passed that um, that I was ready to try to do it full-time. And so a few months later in December, I went full-time for Stillmeyer Games not knowing how it would work out but i kind of i had saved up enough at that point uh, to to last myself a year if it went well or if it didn't go well and then last myself longer if it if it did go well and i'm still here running it full time
0: yeah it seems like it went pretty well so far
1: <laughs> so i'm still having fun with it and yeah it's it it supports me it supports uh, our two other full time employees and so yeah yeah it has gone it has gone well
0: and that's that's a big thing, you know, to find something that you that you like to do and you want to do, and you know, I think that helps you do
1: it a lot better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When you're you know spending your time making your money on things that you want to do.
1: Right. <laughs> Have you found that in your career?
0: Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm an industrial mechanic for a lawnmower mm-hmm. factory. Um, oh, I'm a journeyman, okay. so you know, I went went through school and a skilled trade so you know i make decent money but Mm -hmm. but I you know i've I've done a couple things on the side with with gaming and um you know this this stuff here um me and my wife used to uh stream games but when she started working with chip theory sometimes it was just like you know what i've been dealing with emails about board games all day long i do not want to get Uh on stream and and stream another one so i was (laughs) you know trying to find something to fill that time and fill that you know Want for me to get in here and still do things with it, and you know this has worked out so well, or well so far. Love we'll
1: um, to hear
0: that. It, it helps that you know we've we we made friends with the the Funkhausers from uh, Board Game Spotlight kind of oh, yeah. kind of early when we were streaming and stuff, just because they're they're fantastic people, and yeah. you know Derek kind of helped us out, and then uh, I worked with Skybound at a, at Gen Con one year. And then I worked with Chip Theory kind of demoing some stuff one year. And mm-hmm. um, my wife used to be a, like a branch leader at a bank. And the, the job came up for a customer service at Chip Theory. And she's like, hey, you know, she was in the same place where I was, you know, kind of at the time. Where mm-hmm. I, I don't like going into the bank. I'd rather do something, you know, that I like. Yeah. She's like, what do you think about, you know, me going for that? And I'm like, go for it. You know i love their games you know worst case scenario i get a good discount <laughs> uh-huh. and uh you know that turned into a full-time job and now she's a customer support lead there so you know that's nice
1: that's wonderful yeah yeah and
0: now i get to go to conventions and work with the booth and you know we've met a bunch of people along the way and you know now i get to bring in those people that i've met and you know talk to them on here and and then you know new people like you who I don't think I've ever met you. When's the last time you went to a convention?
1: Well, actually, you, you mentioned uh, Derek and Lizzie Funkhauser. I went to I, I the main convention. I go to was Geekway to the West in St. Louis, and I got to play Wonderlands War with them. at Geekway. just about I, yeah, a I month saw ago. that
0: picture that, that Lizzie posted yeah. up now that I think about
1: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I had a great time doing that. But I don't go to many conventions, not for lack of desire, but it, it just has not become a big part of the Stillmire Games marketing plan. We, yeah. we mark them in different ways and uh and they also they take a lot of time and so it's you oh, know, yeah. a question of do i spend four days kind of working or do i go to a convention and have fun for four days <laughs> someday yeah. i'll work i'll work out a better balance between the two but um for now i'll stick with my geek way and my little uh stillmar games design day every fall yeah um yeah. yeah
0: mike mike henson's been trying to get us to come out with Geekway, especially since he's moving back towards uh, st louis now
1: he is. He is. Yeah, I'm excited to have him here. He works for Elf Creek Games for the, yep. those who, who don't know Mike. Yeah,
0: yeah, we had him on a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's he's a good guy too.
1: He's a great guy. Yeah, him and Brent are a lot of fun. They they come to the design day here in St. Louis because they live only about two hours outside of St. Louis right now.
0: Yeah. Um. So, um, with your your games that you're kind of moving along with now, um, how do you I mean, you're not, you're not designing all of them, are you?
1: No, I, have designed, yeah. at this point, it's about half of our games, like Wingspan. I, we mentioned that a few times. That was designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. Yeah. That's... Um, yeah, about half of them are mine, half of them, although I'm involved with all of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know, a lot of, a lot of the development comes along, you know? Um, but how do you, how do you find your, you know, your games other than the ones that, you know, you design, come up with on your own? <laughs>
1: We have a submission form on our website, um, and we found, we found a few games that way. We found a few at the Design Day, which we secretly used to also scout games. <laughs> uh, not so secretly, people know that we're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some of them have popped up in somewhat random ways. Like uh, Elizabeth, we, we had a sit down with her at Gen Con, of all places, like five years ago. Ben and Matthew, who have worked on a few, like the Between Two series of games for us yeah that was a gen con thing as well um so yeah some of them are happenstance and some of them are are more formal through our our process
0: that's neat yeah um yeah um the the conventions getting back to that for a second or uh i this was the first time i had went in a while where i actually got to like go play games because the last few years that i went i've been working at booths and it's like you said it's It's work, but it's a different kind of work because you're selling, you're, you know, pretty much pitching games that are already out. Um, But this time, you know, I got to sit down and play some games that that aren't out, that are coming out. And uh, that would be the fun part. But again, like you said, if you're going, you're not going to get a chance to do that kind of, you know, the fun stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to attend Gen Con. Now it's all handled by Source. But when we went... It is it's an intense couple of days if you're working there, even as a volunteer, you you know, this it's
0: oh, yeah, it's
1: it's uh, it's fun. But it is uh, for for me in particular, I'm an introvert. And so I enjoy playing games. I I enjoy talking about them. But to go from like one person to the next for 12 hours a day is is a lot. (laughs) I'm exhausted by the end of any day at Con.
0: Yeah, I was talking I was talking to Brian Lewis at um, Origins this past past weekend. He's, uh, you know, Dinosaur Island and Dinosaur World and stuff like that. Mm. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've play tested some games for him because he's from Ohio and, you know, we kind of know him through some other friends. And But that was the first time I've actually seen him at a convention and I talked to him for a little while. And he's just like, I was like, are you going to play any games tonight? And he's like, man, at the end of the day, I'm going to my room and I want to be alone. And, you know, <laughs> like, I just want to be away from people for a little bit. Not that I don't like, or, you know, don't like people. It's just... Right. I'm like, oh, I get you, I get you. There's there's that time where you're like, I got to go decompress for a little while, and then maybe I yeah. can come back out and, and do some
1: things. I absolutely hear that. I'm, I'm glad he's... I think sometimes it takes almost a few conventions, I think, for people to realize that, and so I'm glad he's figured that out for himself.
0: All right, so um, I think we're getting close to the end here. Uh, before we yeah. go, we usually... I usually uh, draw a random thing out of a box here, and we'll just do a... A knee-jerk top five is what I call it. So you have no, no preparation. It's just got to be uh, things off the top of your head. Um, okay. But, but since since we were talking about new new stuff earlier, let's just go with um, your top five new games that came out like in the last couple months, or that are coming out in the next few months. And then we'll just go back and forth.
1: Yeah. And it can even um, be new to you. Okay. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the easiest way to answer, um, and I'll, I'll answer things that I've played because I, I I don't think I've played anything that hasn't come out yet. So a few things that came out fairly recently that I've really enjoyed uh, were Dead Reckoning. Feel free to chime in if you played any of these. I'll answer slowly. <laughs> um, long Shot, the dice game, really enjoyed that. Uh, Wonderland's War that one's one that, that I had a lot of fun with yeah I got I have Wonderland's War um Savannah Park is one that I actually don't even know really when it came out but I didn't hear about it until recently and I played that recently it's, a, it's an abstract game yeah and, we, uh, we got that yeah. because
0: it's it's a little bit uh it's it's got some depth to it but um Link our seven-year-old like he was able to play it and you know play it pretty decent and and you know be able to play along with us
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I could see that uh, working for any age age group. Yeah. Um, and I'll throw in one expansion, not quite new, but still new to me. the uh, The Rise of X expansion for Dune Imperium. I see, that's
0: that's that. one that's on my shelf of shame. is Dune Imperium. It's right there. I'm looking at it, and everybody talks about how great it is. Yeah. And I just I and I love deck builders too. I just need to need to do it.
1: I. That's one of my favorite yeah. games just period so yeah I, whenever you can get to that one i i highly recommend it
0: all right for me yeah um, for you let's see um one that i that we actually got to play this weekend that i didn't even really hear a whole lot about before then and i don't know if it's new or it's just new to me but uh night of the ninja have you heard of that okay
1: I have I've seen I can picture the box but I haven't I don't know much about it.
0: Yeah, it's brotherwise. wise it's a social deduction yeah. game and but I, it might have just been the group that we played with and we had so much fun and I was like I have to go pick this up so I bought it. But uh you know you're pretty much you're all ninjas. Half of you are uh-huh. on one team, half of you are on the other team, but you don't know who's on what and then you can play some cards to kind of get some information from each person and okay. you know you can kill some people off and stuff but, but yeah, that was that was really really fun. Um I talked about it earlier, Foundations of Rome. Um, I want to play it some more, but I think that's going to be, you know, one of my favorite games of this year just because, like you said, the way that Emerson can take a simple, like, clean, tight game and just make it, like, have so much depth to where, you know, that's another one where I could probably teach Link, you know, the mechanics and how to play it. But that depth that you can still get, you know, we had a really good game last night and it was... I wanted to play it again right away, but it was late, so. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think of what's came out lately now. I should have. I guess that's why it's called knee jerk. I can't prepare. Um, I, I know it sounds like shilling, but I'll say Burn Cycle. Um, it just yeah, it's shipping now, and and, I think pre-orders and stuff like that'll be shipping really soon. But the uh, kickstarters and stuff shipped, but it's it's from chip three games but it's really different you're not it's kind of like a dungeon crawl but you're not going out trying to fight stuff it's more stealthy and it's more of a puzzle so you have you know your mission and what you're going to try to do and you're going to try to figure out your puzzle and the best way to do it without you know dying and that's
1: a good goal yeah
0: see you one two three yeah i'm trying to figure out um another one that's a little bit older but um, still, still not too far. Three Sisters, the uh-huh. roll and Right from uh, Matt and Ben from the Motor City Games. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fleet the Dice game is one of my favorite, like roll and Rights of all time. Mm-hmm. And they did they did that one also. And Three Sisters is really another one where you you start you know hitting those combos and you know one roll of the dice and you're doing six, seven, eight different things. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: Um, Fleet the Dice Game was on my list for Geekway 2021. I was late to the game with it, but I've been wanting to play for a long time and really had a lot of fun with it. Yeah,
0: it's 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 a good and it's good. It has a good solo mode too. So I've taken it to work and when I sit down at lunchtime, just sit there and roll some dice. Uh huh. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think. I guess the other one I'll I'll throw in Heather's in here. Was she picked up Cat in the Box? Okay. is a trick-taking game where your cards don't have suits until you like play them. And then you kind of manipulate this, this board that has the different suits on it. So it's kind of a yeah. neat, I, I sat down and had a little demo of it and it's, it's, we haven't got to play it yet, but as far as being, you know, excited to play it, they only had a limited amount of Origins and she was able to, to grab one of them. And, uh, that's going to be one that I think we're going to play for a while.
1: Plus my my co worker is really excited about that. Any yeah, other cat theme, yeah. I was going
0: say, yeah, plus it's got cats, so yeah, <laughs> so that doesn't hurt. Um, was that five? I think that was five.
1: One, two, three. Four. Yeah, that's five. So, Do you have an yeah. expansion? Yet? Do you want to throw uh, in an expansion in there Yeah, uh, if you played one?
0: Um, I haven't played it yet, but I, I like the game a lot. And is uh, I picked up both expansions for Picture Perfect while we were there, also. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, have you played? have you got to play picture perfect
1: that was one of my geekway plays yeah yeah
0: it's uh it's it's unique you know and um the way you get you know again getting a little bit of information and trying to set your stuff up in the best way possible Mm -hmm. and then the uh i got the pickpockets and the like hollywood or whatever the other um expansion are so i can't wait to play those because that was that was one of my top five games of last year just because of the you know something new Mm mm-hmm something that's not you know just your same thing which you know if you do the same thing over and over good that's fine but but yeah that's uh-huh. something new that that was kind of really neat so i guess that's that would cool. be my expansions
1: nice that's, that's a great list
0: all right thanks um anything else you would like to say you got anything coming up
1: right now we're still doing delivery for viticulture world the uh the new expansion for viticulture that's the main thing we're focusing on right now um and then later this year, we will have the new Wingspan expansion, which I haven't announced yet. But I plan to uh, to reveal the continents in about three weeks in our e-newsletter. So I'm looking forward to starting to talk about it a little bit in kind of a, a soft announcement kind of way.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> well, awesome. We have, we have the um, both the other expansions, so can't wait. Uh-huh. And we play it. We've been playing it a lot on the Switch too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Monster Couch has a, a wonderful implementation on for digital.
0: Yeah. It works really, really well. I actually, my wife had it for a while and I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. So like, I wanted to play <laughs> the, the game game, but I'm like, I had another game set up and I'm like, do I want to go in there and clean everything off and set it up? Or do I want to just pay and buy the digital version? We can play right here. So, yeah. so we all bought it and just played in the living room. That's, that's cool. Well, thanks um, for doing that. Yeah. But uh, again, thanks for coming on. Um, it was It was great talking to you.
1: Yeah, same to you, Josh. I, I appreciate the invitation. It's always fun to look back at older games that I played, and um, it's great to hear some of the games that you're into these days as well.
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully we can make it out to Geekway sometime. Um, Heather's pretty much yeah. on, on the convention team there, so anything that they do go to, we have a chance.
1: Perfect. I think I think Chip Theory had a presence at Geekway, maybe?
0: Yeah, I think we had somebody there with our stuff. I don't think they... they had actually actually people i said we but because that's how she talks all the time but their stuff um there's yeah yeah, i think they had somebody there like with their stuff but they weren't actually there i think they did the same way with um one of the other conventions earlier in the or late last year or something like that okay they did that with ukge too
1: yes yeah
0: but anyway um yeah, yeah yeah we can make it out there and play some games um again thanks for coming on um where can people uh see the rest of your stuff your websites your your facebook's groups, whatever your youtube page
1: yeah consolidated at stomeyeiergames.com so if someone goes there they can find their social media outlet of choice or their uh their content of choice everything's that's the hub for everything
0: alrighty um again thanks for coming on um yeah, thanks my pleasure. And, thanks for having me yep Thanks for everybody else for listening, and um, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Journeys to Board Gaming. If you'd like to learn more or join our community, go to facebook.com slash Journeys to Board Gaming or join our group at the Molten Meeple Tabletop Group on Facebook. You can find this podcast on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or most other podcatchers. Thanks for listening.